0: Hey, everybody. This is Monica with the Guardian Scholars Podcast. We are in week two, episode two of Unguarded. And today we have a really special guest with us. Um, I can see him over Zoom. So it's like the first time I've actually seen JR, my colleague and my friend for quite a few weeks now. Um, And I'm super excited to have him here today. We are still in our pandemic. We are still self Quarantining and self isolating. Um, we're definitely adjusting and getting used to this new, hopefully temporary normal. But I just wanted to share with you guys that we are all in different areas, zooming in, podcasting in, here to bring you some information, some inspiration, and hopefully to motivate you a little bit this week as we keep ourselves motivated so um anyway i want to introduce jr perez i'm going to let him say a little bit about himself and why he's here today and then we'll move forward and we'll also say hello to our other guardian scholars and assistants who are joining us today so jr give us a little background who are you how do i know you
1: (laughs) first of all i'd like to thank you for um having me on your podcast um my name is J.R. Perez. I'm the EOP Summer Bridge Coordinator at California State University, Bakersfield. Born and raised in Bakersfield, California, was been a part of the CSUB community in some facets uh, since the fall 2006. I was a student at CSUB for six years, got my bachelor's in criminal justice and my master's in public administration. I was in student government for four years from a board member to chair of the board to vice president of legislative affairs. And I used to lobby on behalf of higher education in the state. Once I received my master's degree, um, at the time, I was working as a student assistant in the Office of Admissions and Records. Uh-huh. And I applied for a job to work in enrollment management. And I was offered the opportunity to work in EOP. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> me. Thank, thank you. Tell I'll see you next week. <laughs> I wanted to come with cussed. I'm not going to cuss. Okay, JR, so, tell, every, tell everybody how we met. Tell them how we came in to EOP. Tell them how, what was like the vibe between us when we first met? And where are we now? It like, was so- I'm going to let you tell it. it.
1: Well, it was so weird because, I mean, literally, I went, I, I graduated on a Tuesday. And I Wednesday, they offered me a job in EOP. And I finished the following week in, in EOP. Right. I mean, excuse me, in in not in EOP in admissions of records. So I started uh-huh. fresh um in the office of EOP the very first day of summer bridge. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, you had just started about a week or two before I did. Yeah. And for me, I didn't even know what my job was. It was just <laughs> like
0: join the club. You're gonna work in EOP. <laughs> I, I didn't still have don't know op- what my job is. <laughs> so
1: I, I, I didn't have an office like i remember our supervisor steve walsh was like we're gonna order you a desk but right now here's your here's your table and it was a foldable table for real and where was was i
0: working what what room was i working in um do you remember
1: well no because your desk was kind of already set up
0: it was a storage room my desk was in the store i'm still working in the storage room
1: (laughs) (laughs) so my um so my well, my office was the file room, yes, and mm-hmm. it there was no there was no desk, there was no chairs, there was nothing
0: right, and so um <laughs> typical e o p typical <laughs>
1: and so there was there was nothing that I could do um there was nothing I could do as far as um you know for my office because I didn't have nowhere to even sit
0: right, right. You were sitting in the computer lab forever.
1: Yeah, because there was nothing else to do. I had to, like, make, a me- I had to make a makeshift office in, my, um, uh, in the computer lab because there was nothing right. else for me to do. And I was supposed to be doing, I guess, like advising. And I was helping the <laughs> UOP advisor, Adriana Sixth Host, who was working right. in the advising center. And she was doing some of the advising. And so it was just insane. Like It was so weird when I started. It was so
0: weird how you started and how we were both hired with just this really blank canvas (laughs) and just this opportunity to create and develop something unique. And yet we were both kind of wandering around lost that summer, like trying to find our place, trying to get to know students, trying to figure out how do you develop a program? Like, what does that even look like? And Jr. was like fresh out of graduate school. He was with Eva, his now wife, and I was like totally single moming it, like working three, four jobs. You know, I was working this one for free, actually. I was still an unpaid intern at that point trying to get my 600 hours in. And JR and I met at these really kind of opposite places in life and yet became fast friends and then also like challenging one another constantly. Like we were always arguing about football and our teams and you know just had this really funny dynamic and you know over the years almost eight have become very good friends would you say that JR?
1: oh absolutely and it was i think that the part that looked back in that summer was it was (laughs) it was pretty funny because i since i didn't have any responsibilities i was basically a student in summer bridge they're just like oh go walk with go walk with them and just see what see what the you know meetings are about and um with that blank canvas as you talked about I literally had to sit there at the time it was just Rocky and Steve Rocky the admissions coordinator and Steve the OP coordinator who was the EOP that was it mm-hmm. there was nobody else
2: mm-hmm. so
1: I had to try to find my footing as far as what is this potential job that right. I will have and where do I see myself kind of grow and that's where I kind of looked at as far as trying to make myself the EOP advisor because the advisor um, was removed from the office and was put in the advising center. Right. And then I also had to look at work and I feel like it can make the difference in some of, um, I would say, our more at-risk population of EOP. Right. And then it just, each year just continued to evolve and grow to where I eventually became the summer bridge coordinator.
0: Right. And I think this is important because We are again in many ways at ground zero with our programming and trying to understand how we function, how we move forward in the middle of COVID and campuses literally shutting down except for remote programming, remote teaching, online, everything. And I love that we're kind of still partners and trying to find our feet on the ground again. And I wanted to have JR on today because JR's program, which, like he said, he is the coordinator, developer, facilitator of Summer Bridge every year. And that's shifting now, too. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But first, I want to acknowledge the other two student assistants (laughs) who are here with us today. Give them a chance to say hello, update us on what's going on really quickly in their lives, and then we'll jump into Summer Bridge and talk about how it's transitioning. So, who else is here with us?
3: Hey, I'm here. This is Amelia. I'm the now, or trying to be, the alumni organizer for the Guardian Scholars Program, trying to develop it. Um, This week, I have been moving house, actually. I'm moving in with my sister here where I am in Kentucky. Wow. So that's been exciting mm-hmm. and exhausting. <laughs> so um, that's been me.
0: That's big. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Amelia. Hello. Thank you for joining us.
3: Did, did you say Kentucky, Amelia? Yes, I'm in Kentucky. What part? Um, uh, I'm in Lexington. So central Kentucky. Okay. <laughs>
1: Let's just say, like maybe sometime down the line, I'm gonna call you up and be like, "Hey, I want to go to this, this massive comic con convention called LexCon, so I need a place to stay." Yeah, we got we're room.
0: staying with Amelia. We got <laughs> <lots of> room. <laughs>
1: staying
0: with Amelia. And last but not least, we have. Hi,
2: everybody. My name is Daisy. I am a student assistant right now. I'm excited to be working here, and um, yeah, I've been at home. I've been homeschooling my son, and that's been a challenge. <laughs> And um, mm-hmm. I had a good Mother's Day. I ate a lot of food, and um, yeah, just here. Mm-hmm. And you have leftovers. We did, but we finished them. We
0: made like <laughs> fried chicken, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, like to any moms who are listening, happy belated Mother's Day. Um, Mother's Day was on Sunday. Today, I have to mention, is my son's birthday. He's 26 today. I have to mention, JR's birthday is in three days from today. What? So, we're yeah it's, yeah, it's a celebratory week. Like, in spite of being um, separated because we have JR in Bakersfield, I'm in Vegas, Amelia's in Kentucky, mm-hmm. Daisy's in Bakersfield. We're still here, like pulling this together, mm-hmm. um, having this conversation, sending you guys some energy and love. To our million person audience (laughs) 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 and, um, you know, just trying to come together and do some good stuff. So anyway, on that note, today we are talking about a program JR has been in charge of for many years now and has run successfully and creatively uh, with a huge team of people behind him and working with him and for him. And it's called Summer Bridge and it's changing this year. And um, we wanted to bring him on today to talk about those changes, to give information, and to see what's going on with that, and and even in terms of how it's being renamed and and entitled now. So, JR, give us your take on Summer Bridge. What's going on? And we'll ask you a few questions after, and let's have a talk about it.
1: So, um, should we get started on what's currently happening or about the history of Summer Bridge?
0: Give me a really quick history of Summer Bridge.
1: So Summer Bridge was created and last year was actually the 35th at, uh, um, annual Summer Bridge. And mm-hmm. Summer Bridge was created to really bridge the gap of high school to college and to help students with their transition to um, hopefully put them on the same um, even playing field as students who come from traditional backgrounds. Right. And so really that way when our students get started in the fall, they have a better understanding of what the expectations are from the being in the college classroom, working with college professors, and also the expectations of what they need to know about themselves as being a college student.
0: Right. Okay. I have to say, I was a summer bridge student, and I'm going to date myself, and I don't care. I'm going to own this year because <laughs> I was a summer bridge student. I was forced into summer bridge by my dad. He totally forged my signature oh my God. and made me go because I did not want to go. But I went back in the summer of nineteen. 19- Oh, my gosh. Mm. At the yes X or what, what still- university? Cal State Bakersfield. Oh, okay. I came in again. And I still have my T-shirt. I almost wore it today. I have my Summer Bridge T-shirt from 1988. I'm super proud of that. So I was a Bridge student. JR, were you Bridge?
1: No, uh, no, I was not Bridge.
0: You're too smart. You're a regular admit. JR, is a regular <laughs> admit. See, I was a regular I, I, uh, admit.
1: I think I missed the... <laughs> I missed the financial cutoff by a few a few thousand at the yeah. time.
0: Yeah, um, I was. Born I a special admit, so, <laughs> so
1: I was a. Uh, you know, I was definitely first. I was a first generation college student, right. uh, which is why um, I. For me, it's a very important program because I do know a little bit about. Um, you know, students coming from their backgrounds. Absolutely. I grew up. I grew up in a migrant area. The mm-hmm. predominantly the people, the individuals who lived in my neighborhood, they were all from migrant backgrounds. The majority of them were first generation. Most of their parents came from Mexico in our neighborhood. Um, right. Most of our area, you know, they were all either working on farms or they were working in the fields. Um, very close to Lamont, California, where my uh, neighborhood is. So I did have a, a really good understanding of what our students and their backgrounds were like. Absolutely. Um, as But my dad, we lived in the county area because my dad refused to live in the city because he grew Got up in it. Lamont. So he wanted to stay close <laughs> to home. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. And I grew up in, on the east side. So, and I have a lot in common where that's concerned. Even though we are many, many years apart, we're both first-gen students and program from a first-generation experience heart. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what we program from. Daisy, were you Summer Bridge?
2: Um, Yes, I was. I remember um, in 2011, I was in Bridge and I went to Ridgeview. And I grew up on the southwest side of Bakersfield I mean mm-hmm. I was
0: raised through high school
2: in that mm-hmm. part of Bakersfield yeah
0: yeah so another bridger Amelia were you bridged uh, I was not bridged to be honest I hadn't
3: even heard of EOP or GSP until about the middle or the end of my first semester at, at CSU Bakersfield mm-hmm. um, which I learned afterwards that they could have helped me got admitted um, but I didn't know that at the time
0: <laughs> okay. yeah yeah yeah, and we met through Guardian, yeah. me and Amelia.. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, jr. So we have a little bit of background about about what Summer Bridge is about and what its purpose is. How is that changing this year? because obviously we're not on campus this campus this summer. Um, it was just announced in the news yesterday that we are going online. The entire CSU system is going online for fall semester. So tell us what's going on with Bridge and all the way from—is it still called Summer Bridge? How are you doing that? What are the challenges? What are the successes? How can we help? Like, so listen.
1: So, our Summer Bridge—the whole um, intention of it is to give our students a college experience in the summer. So, as I mentioned previously, mentioned so that way when they start school in the fall, they have a really good understanding of what it's like to be a college student Mm -hmm. and because of this uh, pandemic and the switch to being virtual that's just not possible you cannot give a student the same type of experience well-rounded experience of being in a college dormitory working with us literally 24 7 for a period of time right and expect for them to get the same thing out of it as and especially for us you know we put our heart and soul into summer bridge right you know myself the staff that i have um and that's everybody from you know you and steve and uh brocky and and uh uh, pam and then the student workers we have and it is a very labor intensive program Mm -hmm. that we expect nothing less than success and uh, greatness out of it from ourselves as the program and to, to help our students so because of the pandemic and because of us not being able to do that, this summer basically summer bridges is just put on a moratorium. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to, our main goal is to help our students with the transition. So the students that are first-time freshmen, incoming first-time freshmen at CU should be, what we're doing is we're kind of creating a campaign called EOP Transition that I mm-hmm. kind of coined and working with. Mm-hmm. And the, and there's a few main parts of that. The first one is we want to make sure our students are getting admitted to CU should be. So we're currently doing that right now with our uh, our admissions interviews, they're getting admitted to EOP as well as um, if they're required to be a special admit, which means mm-hmm. that they, for some reason, didn't fulfill the A through G requirements out of high school, uh, we interview them through Zoom, we offer them a special admit contract, and then they are now admitted through, 2C should be through EOP. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is we wanna make sure our students are getting their financial aid set up as well as getting their courses. So through the summer, I'll be reaching out to those students again via email and hopefully scheduling Zoom meetings if they have any issues. But just to make sure that they're set up so that way when they start school in the fall, they have their courses in order and they also have their financial aid set up. Right. So that's the actual, those are the, the, the biggest components of it. The other parts, which is going to be um, us being involved is we're going to, we're planning now, now that we know we're not going to be in person, is we're going to end up doing a virtual orientation. So that okay. way they can at least see us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, put a face, you know, to our names, and we can put a face to their names. That way they know that no matter, no matter this situation we're in, they're not alone. And that's right. the most important part of it. Is that, that the transition from high school to college, and I think, and all of us have gone through it, is extremely scary.
2: Yeah, uh, we don't
1: want them to feel like they're on their own. That even though that we're working from home, um, and we're not able to see them face to face, that we're here to support them and their. Yes. Um, in their new higher education career that they're about to embark in. Um, and then the the next part of that would also be is we're, we're creating some PowerPoint presentations right now, some just kind of tidbits that they need to know, such as uh, effective communication skills, um, time management skills, things like that. So that way when they um, start school at the fall, while we may not have been able to teach them, you know, face-to-face, they at least right. can see these are some helpful hints and tips that they need to know when they start. They start school, especially now that everything is going to be virtually.
0: Absolutely. I love that you're doing a virtual orientation. I think we're going to do that for Guardian as well, for our Guardian scholars, obviously. And then I know you and I are going to collaborate just a little bit and we'll be able to contribute to your PowerPoint content, um, offering Guardian information as well. So I think, you know, again, we touch upon everything where these students are concerned and I really like where you're going with this. Um, and I think it's cool because, you know, most people can access that as well, right? Like the PowerPoint information, um, maybe even if they're not in Summer Bridge, those would be helpful to people who are coming in as yeah. freshmen. And yeah.
1: that's the main goal is that we've never, you know, we've just never done this. And it's something that we actually should have done years ago. Right. And now that, and I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier um, when you said that we're basically starting back to square one. Yes. And we need to get, we're, get through this pandemic as best as we possibly can, not just for health and safety, but also educating students. And, right. should, and then um, once we're able to learn to see what we did, both right and wrong, because exactly. um, we're going to learn a lot about this um, as, far as, as far as how we were effectively worked with our students, is now plan ahead for the future right. for both. Uh, EOP throughout the academic year as well as Summer Bridge because we need to prepare ourselves that what if this and I call it a new normal
3: mm-hmm. that
1: requires more virtual courses right. requires more virtual programming so um, you know there's going to be a lot that's going to be learned both for our students that are going incoming as freshmen but also for us as as academic um, in our academic careers mm
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think in some ways, in some ways we were caught off guard because we didn't expect to have to go online from one week Mm -hmm. to the next. As professors, as students, as administrators, as mentors, everything like we did not expect to go to this place um, in higher education. But here we are. And I love what you just said, JR, we're gonna do some things really well. We're gonna make some mistakes and we're gonna learn some things also. And that's what this time is about and when people say how are you going to do this and how is this going to work out and what do we do my question a lot of times is I don't know but we're about to find out and we're about to figure out a system that works and that's okay that's professional development that's personal development that's career development those are very important things to take away from this and to me I look at it like I want that in my academic vita I want that in my on my resume. And you know what, I'm good with this, like, let's, let's step up to the challenge. And that is kind of who you are, JR anyway. And it's kind of who I am. So am I glad that all this is going on? Of course not. You know, people are suffering and, and we are compromised everything, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity. Um, for growth. And we have and to look at everyone it Everyone I
3: know from um, EOP or GSP has always been very adaptable. It's almost like just part of our character. Mm-hmm. So we're made for this.
0: Right. A lot of it is what we've been through. Just personally, like the, you know, the construct of our lives and our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of who we are. And it's the strength yeah. of EOP. It's the strength of Guardian.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also good that JR mentions that um he's gonna be available and we are too. Um EOP and GSP mm-hmm. will be available for the students so that they know that they have somebody um who they can ask questions to about anything school related, that's gonna be so helpful mm-hmm. for the it's, students.
1: And that's that's the main thing that we also that we need to let everybody know is because I think there's this misconception this misconception that if I'm using that term correctly that since we're home, we're not working. And the one thing right. that President our president of the CSU Bakersfield, President Lynette Zelezny, says all the time, and she actually was just on CNN an hour and 15 minutes ago on uh, today, Wednesday, May 13th, talking, say, talking and letting everybody know that we are open. Yeah. We are open and we are running a university while we not may not be on an actual physical campus, we are virtually working, and right. we're doing everything to the best of our abilities because our students need us, especially right. our incoming students. They're going to need us now more mm-hmm. than ever. Right. Um. So that's that's you know we're, you know that's really essential to them as well as
0: us. Right. And we're working really hard. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, we working are. from home it's is harder. Not simple. Yeah. It's not easy. We're having to be super creative. We're having to think very fast, produce very quickly. And we always did that, but this is in a different way. So thank you, JR, for reminding us of that and encouraging us in that way. On that note, one of our questions for you, JR, is do you have any collaborations or um, anybody that you're partnering with right now in terms of summer bridge or EOP transition? Who are you partnering with? And can we help or can other people help other departments or agencies?
1: So the the main thing that we're going to need is just to make sure that, you know, one of the things I love, to, I love about you, Monica, working both professionally and personally is that you're such a great counselor and working with students. Yeah. And I think that's really going to be a, a key asset and really important for our students as they're transitioning is that they may need that type of um that peer mentoring where we don't we're not able to hire you know mentors and have um whether it's uh having a counselor or a peer mentor Mm -hmm. so i think our students are really going to need that um one of the things is now the excuse let me back up real quick the biggest issue with this pandemic is we didn't have answers it took i mean we would ask something and then all of a sudden it was pivot to another way and then it's like well we don't know we need to find out and then it's just every single day our worlds were changing And so now that that we have answers that we're not going to be basically allowed back on the college campus for summer, um, that we're going to be online for fall. So now that we know that, our main goal is that we're going to definitely be needing to work with our um, academic advisors on campus as well as our orientation department to see what that's going to look like for incoming uh, freshmen and transfer students, um, specifically our freshmen, because they need to have that guidance from academic advisor schedule classes so i'm definitely going to be reaching out to them and letting them know like okay um when do our students can they sign up for orientation are they going to get their information about registry for classes um and then the other partners we work with is also financial aid because our students they need to know that they have their financial aid set up and since um they can't see anybody in financial aid because the campus is is um you know temporary closed actual physical building you know, we work with them, you know, very closely to make sure our students aid is set up.
0: Right. Thanks. Thank you for that information. I have another question for you. EOP and Guardian and Bridge are known for being community building. And not just community, but almost building family between people, students, um, Mm -hmm. departments. Tell us a little bit about how you build community in Summer Bridge or EOP transition. Like, what are your secrets to community building? Let us in on some of that.
1: Well, for a normal Summer Bridge, by having them in the dorms living together and doing our activities, our icebreakers, working together, um, they really develop, and very quickly I might add, mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. dynamic. Yeah. They are a, a huge family and we pride ourselves on that I mean right. the the wall that we're able to break down for some of these students as fast as possible to me is just astonishing our students True. sometimes they go from having this brick wall they put up because they've been wronged by somebody in the previous right um, um, academic career whether in high school whether it's both either in education or just personally and then they realize very quickly that we really care about them. We want them to succeed. They mean the world to us. That wall gets taken down with a sledgehammer really quickly. Right. And um, that family dynamic is just is just created um, with the transition to doing everything virtually in this campaign that we're doing called EOP transition. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be difficult.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's something that I'm just, I think about all the time because we need them to have that type of same atmosphere where right. they can create, they can have a community building or like they call it learning community. One of the goals that we have, and um, I don't know if it's gonna be possible is we really want to create a, some uh, excuse me, an EOP course, freshman course for our students through the fall. Um, And the example, the analogy I give is that Summer Bridge in a lot of ways is like the pre-game planning of a football game. Mm -hmm. So you have film studies, you have walkthroughs, you have drills, and that's to get you ready for Sunday. Well, now that we can't have that, and we're just basically giving somebody a a small playbook that they have to study, and then they're going to get thrown into a game, is that we really need to be able to call audibles and make adjustments during their academic Fall semester, mm-hmm. so that way, if they're struggling or they need help, we figure out okay, what's the issue, what they're going with, and that, that way they can work with us. Um, a lot of that's going to be based on funding and um, right. the opportunity because of the virtual um, Fall semester, as well as budget reductions that um, that's looming. We don't know if that's going to be feasible, but that's one of the goals that we have.
0: Yeah. Okay, I have one more question for you and then I'll see if our assistants wanna end this question, kind of answer time with anything, but JR, if I were to ask you, what's the biggest takeaway your students, your Bridgers, your EOP transition students are gonna take away, what's the biggest takeaway for them? I know that was redundant, sorry, but.
1: What's the biggest takeaway their students are gonna have through some Mm -hmm. bridge or this transition?
3: Mm
1: the biggest thing is they're going to take away that what the tools they need to be successful as a first-time freshman mm-hmm. and I can never I can never stress that enough and the reason being is um, being a first-generation student and not having a program like Summer Bridge I pride myself on giving those students those tools so that way they don't go through the same struggles that I went through as a first-time freshman right. so through the end of it no matter what we do um, and how it, the program looks like, that's going to be the biggest thing they're going to take away because that's one thing I'm going to ensure that they have is those tools to be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for that, JR. Um, awesome. Daisy, Amelia, any any questions um,
3: before yeah. we move on to I our next summit segment? Uh, well, everybody, since I'm the only one who has not completed a summit bridge, um, what was your favorite memory of... Your time. I mean, JR, yeah, you're working, but you guys, you other guys have actually experienced Summer Bridge. What's your most
0: distinct memory? Okay, I'm going to go first, Daisy. My best memory or best takeaway is that I went into Summer Bridge not knowing anyone at Cal State. I came from out of Foothill High School, we had very few people. Graduating, going on to a four-year out of Foothill at that time. Um, I knew of two other girls from Foothill who were, at most, yeah. acquaintances of mine. And my takeaway was those girls, to this day, are my best friends. We have been friends now, um, oh my gosh. gosh, over 30 years. We keep in contact every week. One of them was the maid mm-hmm. of honor in my wedding. Um, those two girls who I formed friendships with, we helped each other through college. Where I was weak, they were strong. Where they were weak, I was strong as a student. And we just, to this day, remain family. We're not even friends. We're family now. And like JR said, the whole point of this is academic purposes, absolutely. But also that community Mm -hmm. bonding, building family um, environment was what I needed as a first-gen student to make it through school at that time. And it was invaluable to me. And these girls now Mm. are my best friends and my family. So to Mm. me, that was the greatest takeaway of Bridge. Yeah. Daisy? So
2: for me, I would have to say meeting you, Monica. I remember being, um, Mm. (laughs) yeah, in 2011 when I started and then taking a class with you. And then when I had my son, I didn't know what to do. And I Aww. had remembered that you had shared some stories um, about you in class, and it just, like, made me connect right. with you. So when I had questions about that, I remember going to your office and then, you know, building that friendship right. that you said and that
0: bond. And right. that was,
2: you know, amazing. And I still know you. And talk to you right now (laughs) since it's been, yeah, on a more
0: personal level now. Like, we're colleagues now because you're graduated, now you're working with me. Who would have ever seen that, right? And I end up colleagues friends family with many of my students yeah. Amelia being get rid another of one of them you know Amelia is to me is like a daughter yeah she's <laughs> <Amelia's laughs> like my daughter in Kentucky like <laughs> I'll call her every couple weeks hey are you still out there <laughs> hey I'm not I'm gonna stalk you remember I'll find you I tell my mm-hmm. students like i will you. don't worry I've weight. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Daisy You're thank welcome. you for that yeah. that means a lot to me that and was a special moment
2: for me yeah to just Connected you. you in that way and then yeah who would have thought like eight years later
0: i can't believe it
2: it goes right by so fast. right
0: yeah. right thank god right I, i'm so grateful for these experiences i'm grateful to have jr and his wife eva in my life and um honestly if that's the purpose of vop hey mission accomplished we're doing it and we're doing it well yes. and that's just the icing on the cake of all the wonderful cake yes. of academic stuff and career development personal development stuff that we offer as a program and as a mm-hmm. department Nothing else so i'm really like proud it. of our work <laughs> Um, jay JR- exactly jr any final words about bridge eop transition right now oh well just
1: to kind of um to answer amelia's question like my biggest takeaway or my my biggest best memory is you know one of the things is when we transitioned to residential it was a completely different experience than doing the commuter program we used to because it was six weeks of program and we would show up every day, but it was basically, you know, the same thing as, you know, if you had like a, a K through 12 schedule or, or in some areas, a um a freshman schedule, you know, we basically work from eight to three, eight to four with some, with, you know, the classes and doing activities for bridge. But then when you switch to a two week residential program,
3: yeah, I mean,
1: you're on pretty much 24 yeah. seven. I mean that, the, yeah. that first program, if I slept, Six hours that first week, I, I that sounded probably about right. That's not exaggeration. So for me, um, it was just adapting from year to year, you know, having professional growth, the opportunity mm-hmm. to give students a um, not just a job, but a learning experience that they were able to right. take away responsibilities and duties, duties that they can put on the resume, resume. So once they, you know, graduate and left, C should be they could say, I did this. And I have students say, you know, Jar, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know how to do an interview. I wouldn't know how to have this right. responsibility of, of whether it was uh, purchasing items or organizing or setting up interviews. Um, and then right. the big I, for the biggest part of that too was also creating that community and family. You know, what I've had students say, tell me Jar, you are the first positive male role model in my life. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. you, I wouldn't have felt that I could have came to college. If it wasn't for you, I don't think I would have been comfortable being myself mm-hmm. and knowing that um that they tell me that I'm made a big difference in our lives in just two weeks yeah. is
2: right.
1: just I I mean I this as I was told by our supervisor Steve Walsh years ago. You know, this is a labor of love and it is. I, I do this for right. the students because, you know, working in education, there's not, you know, we, you know, we get compensated, you know, with, with a paycheck and benefits, but the amount of work we put in is, you know, really doesn't hit that. And it's mm-hmm. really, they motivate me to continue working in education and I wouldn't trade exactly. it anywhere in the world. And unless you do what we do, you, you would mm-hmm. never understand that.
0: Absolutely. I tell my student assistants what they see in terms of our work together is the tip of the iceberg and there's a whole giant iceberg underneath the water of what we do, of our expertise, of our commitment to our positions, of our like ethical, moral, spiritual responsibility to our positions in EOP and that's something that no one else knows unless you've been in that position. And um, I have to say, because we never self promote (laughs) enough ever talk about what we do, but JR and I work multiple jobs, like, we work multiple jobs to be able to stay solvent and be able to support our families in EOP and and that's always been an accepted part of our life because you know we want to provide for ourselves and those people who are you know dependent on us so we've worked really hard to stay here and to be here and I'm I'm really proud of us JR for that I have to say that it's a big deal
2: me too I'm proud of Monica and JR I was telling her uh, (laughs) yesterday that I didn't know she did all of this I was Mm -hmm. shocked and I think she's such a hard worker Mm -hmm. like wow Applauses to Monica. Thanks,
0: thank Daisy. Okay, we'll cut away from that real quick. But thank you, Daisy. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to the next and the last part of our podcast, which is, I think is a really fun part where we share tips and tricks, or tips and, tips and p- um, yeah, what is it called? Tips picks. and tips, <laughs> tips and picks. Thank you. It could be a trick, <laughs> tips and picks of the week, and we each share something that we're super interested in or excited about or maybe just something that we learn. And so we'll go through that really quickly and we'll start with JR. JR, what's your tip or pick of the week?
1: Um well, right now in this COVID pandemic, there's not a lot of stuff to do as far as entertainment wise. Yeah. I think, you know, this is gonna sound very um
3: <laughs>
1: I guess superficial for lack of a better word, but like you know fortunately like i've been you know i am blessed where i have a career i have a job that's taking care of me so i feel like for me like the biggest my biggest issue um is just you know not feeling like i don't have mm-hmm. there's no entertainment like it's boring and right. you know that's like i said it's very superficial but one of the things is like besides working out and besides you know doing the job is i really love i like entertainment and we don't have that right now so if um you know, last weekend was the first time there was a sporting event, UFC came on pay-per-view and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think they had over seven hundred thousand buys, which is just astronomical. Wow. Especially during this pandemic. You know, seven hundred thousand people threw down seventy dollars to order pay per view. It was just insane to me during this time. Um wow. the other thing too is every Wednesday at eight PM Eastern time, uh is no. on TNT is Professional wrestling, and I will never stop (laughs) tuning that horn. It is, it is this for me. It is the saving grace, and it is my north star to to keep my sanity. Besides working out, is just having that. It is called All Elite Wrestling on TNT, and they are. It is the best two hours of of entertainment I have every single week, and I look forward to it. So,
0: if you feel like you're bored,
1: you're tired of reading Wednesday at eight o'clock. Tune in on All Elite Wrestling on TNT
0: awesome i love jr's love <laughs> and passion for his passion like if you guys haven't like seen his passion, okay anybody else yes 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 um, um okay a, somebody a, else want to share very
3: similar at all tip or pick um i've been making rice krispies at home um Right, it's super easy, and easy. And they're way okay. better than the ones you can buy. Um, you basically just need to melt a stick of butter in a in the microwave, and then add a big bag of marshmallows, and then melt those together, and then pour in just one box of rice yeah. crispy cereal, and then let it set up, and you're golden. And it's way better than the type you can buy pre-made because it doesn't have preservatives and and
0: all that of course hey and people get very mm-hmm. fancy nowadays with Rice Krispie treats like yes. they get they yes, decorate across and throw in an extra with, cereal well. like they're fancy yeah. people treats now <laughs>
1: I've seen well growing up we yeah. used to make our own as kids we, we used to use Cheerios we used to use uh, <laughs> Fruity Pebbles yeah. Cocoa right. Puffs yeah. I mean, we, whatever we had
0: yeah, so. okay and I have oh. to add Amelia that those ship very well so mm-hmm. I will be texting That's you my address. Kidding. Hey FedEx, me a couple Rice Krispies. Those are gluten free, so I'm I'm down. I'm down it is an them. essential product. Just throwing so so that <laughs> out there. I'll get those I, in <laughs> I agree. Thank
2: you, Daisy. So my pick, talking about this pandemic and the COVID nineteen, I um want to give a shout out to the Criminal Justice Department because I was, nice. I was in that program. I was about to major in it, but I ended up minoring and. They have a lot of classes that I think prepared me for what what's going on now. They always had hybrid available, and I learned okay. so much from that. Like, Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to them for that.
0: Nice, because Daisy, you like online courses. I love them. Right? I am so excited. Yeah. I'm sorry to everybody yeah. <laughs> who's not. <laughs> but I love... Everybody learns yeah. differently. I love the online yeah.
2: experience. You could access it whenever you you can and you can study and some people some of the professors even allow open book um tests Mm -hmm. so that's really awesome Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. I I just want the
1: record to reflect I am an adjunct (laughs) professor in criminal justice so (laughs) (laughs) shout out to the CJ department at CSU Bakersfield yeah
0: shout out to the political sign and we hate online classes (laughs) but we're teaching that way anyway we're we're going in that direction anyway. Okay, my tip of the week is probably not as fun, but I'm hoping you guys will maybe check it out. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but there is becoming, which is Michelle, Michelle Obama's story mm-hmm. on Netflix, has been made into a Netflix program. The book was awesome, so informative, so inspiring and motivating. And she too was a first generation student. Um you know, came from similar backgrounds as all of us. I love her story. I love her transparency. And woman, not a woman, whatever, if you want to check it out and need to be motivated, the Netflix program on her book is really, really good and gives you some really serious behind the scenes peeks at her life. And um, yeah, I loved it. So if you want to check it out, there you go. Becoming Michelle Obama's story on Netflix. That's a good little oh. plug, huh, JR. Did I do good? So oh, yeah. like, well,
1: I was going to say, Um, you know, you, Monica, you know this better than I would. Um, But I feel like Michelle Obama is probably the most popular, Yeah, I would say, female figure since probably Princess Diana.
0: Yeah, or ja- um, Jackie Kennedy.
1: Yeah. And right? I mean, I told people, yeah, I mean, after, I mean, yeah. I don't want to get to. Just not to get into politics, but I said if she wanted to,
0: yes. she
1: would be the first female president in the United States. I don't think anybody could take <laughs> Michelle Obama down.
0: I promise we would not get political on this program, but you all know I'm a huge <laughs> Michelle fan. And we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. I love Michelle Obama. I, I don't
1: think that's I don't think that's politics. I just I really think that's just that's just yeah. like common sense. I really think yeah. that people they love her they loved her story they love what she right. did as the first lady and i really think that she has a very a very big following and she would be um she's electable and i think she would be the first female president <laughs> if she decided to run for office
0: i totally agree so michelle if you're out there listening <laughs> to us and i'm assuming you are because <laughs> you know here <laughs> CSU bakersfield uh hey you heard it here first thank you okay our next section is and we're going to wrap it up with this we have fire questions for you (laughs) jr so we're just expecting quick concise answers if you feel led to expand on anything we're open to it but all we expect and need is for you to answer very quickly and directly so are you ready okay let's go here we go tacos or burritos tacos Mm -hmm. Football or baseball?
1: Football. Beach
0: Or desert?
1: I'm sorry, I didn't hear that.
0: Beach or desert?
1: Uh, Las Vegas desert or beach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Okay. It's,
1: if it's not Las Vegas desert, it's the beach. That's the only desert I like is Las Understood. Vegas. Understood.
0: Okay. Gold or silver?
1: Uh, I have silver.
0: Color of toothbrush? White. Compliment you oh, give? Hold,
1: hold oh. You mean like my color? I'm sorry, my yes. color
0: toothbrush. Yeah, <laughs> color of toothbrush.
1: Oh. Yeah, mine's white. Okay. <laughs>
0: that's, okay. That's such a weird question. Getting technical. <laughs> sorry. Don't overthink it. Such Don't overthink it. Okay. <laughs> compliment you give most frequently? I love you. Aw, oh, nothing.
1: I I say that way too. I honestly say that way too much. I probably need to stop. by I tell everybody I love them because I really do.
0: You mean it? Uh... Meat or no meat?
1: No <laughs> oh, meat. If you're a vegan, I'm sorry. I don't get you.
0: <laughs> Number of pets and names? Uh,
1: one one little uh, baby dog named Dusty. Um,
0: biggest pet peeve? Here he is. Hi, Dusty. I miss you, Dusty. <laughs> oh, no. We can see him through Big- Zoom right now.
1: Biggest pet peeve is, to- on, is especially right now, talking about <laughs> yes. politics and not knowing anything about politics. Truth.
0: Okay, last one. Best advice ever received.
1: Believe in yourself because nobody else will.
3: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: (laughs) That's word. That's gospel right there. I love it. Okay, everybody, we want to say thank you for listening. This is only our second episode, so we're growing, we're learning. Um, <laughs> we're getting a little better, so thank you for staying with us. We want to thank Jr. Perez from CSU Bakersfield's EOP program, our Summer Bridge Um our summer bridge facilitator coordinator developer and now moving into EOP and summer bridge transition programming. Thank you for being here with us today, thank you so J.R. Much, for Yeah. It was my
1: pleasure. Thank you for us having
0: information. Me. Yeah, motivation. We appreciate you. Yeah, Daisy and thank you for joining us today. Um Thank you, Monica. <laughs> Yeah, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners out there. And please forward our podcast to people who you think might find it useful, informative, motivating. Um, We're really happy to be here. We thank you for coming on this journey with us. And you guys stay strong, be strong, stay strong, get prepared, be prepared and know that we're going to get through this. That's what we're here for. So love to you all, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Take care, everybody. Hey, everyone. We wanted to make sure that you can follow us on the Internet. If you'd like to access Guardian Scholars' website, we are at csub.edu forward slash gsp forward slash. If you'd like to get a hold of Jr. Perez, who was our guest speaker today, you can email him at jrperez21 at csub.edu. And you can follow us on Instagram at CSUBGuardians. We hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Bye.